You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. I can't believe he called you a <laughs> Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the Two and Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do! Every week, Travis Curra. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable! Ready, set, And we are part of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. I'm Travis Curra. Brazilian Ty is back. And Ty, we haven't done it for a while. I think we should uh, go to the reviews. I'm tired of being harassed, (laughs) for one thing. (laughs) Okay. Every time I'm not on the show. This is from Apple Podcasts. (laughs) Uh, Tim Reimer titles entertaining. You wonder why? Why we listen? Because your surprising, dry humored sarcasm is stupidly refreshing while covering all of our favorite teams. Look at that. I'm assuming that's for me because I don't find you hilarious at all. Oh, you. From. <laughs> that, that might be your first angry elk of the year. <laughs> from Wally Walker, a great CFL podcast. I love this show, but I don't know why. That that seems to be a recurring theme. Yeah, I like it. And from Jamie yeah. T, fantastic show. What can I say about this show that hasn't already been said? Two smart, knowledgeable hosts. One's great. The other is kind of a- they play off each other well to create an entertaining hour of CFL content. <laughs> I can't believe he called you a d- <laughs> How did I know that you were going to take that side? <laughs> and uh, Ty, we, we got a mailbag question from the website, toandout.ca. Mm. Of course, you can visit and do that as well. I, I just It's from Bill. I just want to throw it to you. You post the fantasy preview and the recap every week. What, what do those numbers mean is what he's he's asking. And I think this is good information for everyone. Uh, to be honest, I don't even know. <laughs> so basically, no. <laughs> uh, you, you have taken uh, the player's career on the CFL fantasy Mm -hmm. website. And then uh, you put up the average of the points per game and then you update it for that coming week and say it's Andrew Harris versus Edmonton. You look at his historical performance against Edmonton. So that's the second column. And then it goes opponent points slash all. What's that one mean? That is what their opponent is allowing against that specific uh, position group. So what the defense is allowing against running backs, you know, wide receivers. I mean, the the wide receiver numbers are obviously inflated because, I mean, sometimes you have 70 points and there's seven or eight re- different receivers. But right. when the running back gets receptions, that still counts under the running back stats. Right. So it's just right. specifically the wide receivers. There you go. Thanks for sending in that question, Bill. Of course, you can as well at toandout.ca. 
This episode of Two and Out is brought to you by the Alberta Association of Optometrists, proudly celebrating a century of caring for Albertans. It happens. One in four school-aged kids has a vision problem, yet 80% of learning is visual for a child. That's why booking family eye exams with an optometrist helps ensure learning success. You can't detect hidden eye problems, but your optometrist can. Alberta health coverage towards annual eye exams is available until your child's 19th birthday. Book your family's eye exam today at optometrists.ab.ca. The Alberta Association of Optometrists represents almost 800 doctors of optometry in over 80 communities across Alberta. Members are highly trained, regulated health professionals who provide primary eye health and vision care to Albertans. Learn more at optometrists.ab.ca. Join two and out for CFL Fantasy and CFL Pick'em, and she'll cure and tie what you got. They are who we thought they were. Just click cflfantasy.tsn.ca. Enough from talking about it. There has to be consequences. And pick'em.cfl.ca. All right, I, I can't quite believe it, Ty, but here we are, week seven of the CFL season. It is just flying by right now, and it's a doubleheader on Friday and Saturday. We start at Tim Hortons Field, the Hamilton Tiger Cats. As of right now, two-and-a-half-point favorites over the uh, Calgary uh, Stampeders. Uh, they're only half a point favorite now. Oh, that updated, did it? So that's a waste of a line move. It's now a pick 'em because you cannot right push half a point. I don't even know why they changed that. I locked in at uh, the Stampeders plus two and a half. I got to be honest; I'm yeah. pretty happy with that. That's probably the bet of the year. <laughs> okay, I'm not that unless confident. you unless you got Shohei Otani at plus thirty five hundred. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, the over-under for this one set at 40 and a half. Here's why i <laughs> leaning towards the Stampeders right now. Of course, things could change, and they probably have changed. By the time you hear this recording, it doesn't mm-hmm. appear that uh, <laughs> Brandon Banks hasn't practiced yet this week. I'm guessing it all stems from that massive hit on Labor Day. Yeah. He got hammered. Um, but it, it's just the entire receiving core for the Ticats pretty inexperienced with the starters that they've had to go out there with lately. Yeah, and I mean, Brandon Banks, like you said, hasn't practiced Monday or Tuesday, and it's ribs. So that's the only part of the game I can remember where that could have mm-hmm, been an issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you talk about experience. I mean, Pappy White, Stephen Dunbar Jr., they've both had some big games, and they're, they're averaging over 10 points this season in their rookie years, but and there's not a lot of experience there. Uh, Devere Posey and Braylon Addison have both practiced this week, although be it limited. Uh, Jalen Acklin is available at 9.1 uh, career average, six, point, 6 points per game against Calgary, but, I mean, it's like, there's just not that, you know, that calming influence, I guess you could say, in that receiving core right now. Also, who knows what we're going to see at quarterback for the Cats on Friday night. Last week, Dane Evans, uh, 
he ends up uh, coming up in quite a bit of pain. The MRI says he's going to be out four to six weeks. The uh, injury report says it is his oblique. Now, previously, they did say Jeremiah Mazzoli would be available for this game against Calgary. Now they're saying he's on a bit of a pitch count. They want to save him for Friday night against the Stampeders. So Mm -hmm. David Watford, as of Tuesday, was seeing most of the reps at practice this might be one of those situations where we got to wait until the depth charts come out, or maybe this is a game time decision thing for the Ty Cats, or maybe they're just messing with the Stampeders and Mazzoli is not good to go. <laughs> that, that could be completely possible, but I mean, what we've seen from Mazzoli early on in the year it doesn't leave much for the Calgary Stampeders yeah. to be worried about, I don't think. Uh, you know, and he's obviously not at 100%, and yeah, he's on a pitch count. Uh, through practice through this week, but I mean, I don't I don't see him, you know, even getting close to his averages just with the way that Calgary's defensive line can get to a quarterback. And if he's not healthy, uh, they're not going to want to just throw him to the wolves. Uh, that offense with David Watford just isn't what it is with Dane Evans or Jeremiah Masoli. It's not as good. I don't think that's an argument that anybody can make that it is. So it just it. I just don't see how Calgary is the underdog here. Like that line probably should have been taken off the board, but here we are. And that's a great point with that Stampeders defensive line. If they were able to do what they were able to do against Edmonton, mm-hmm. then I don't see how Hamilton in the way their offensive line has been is going to be able to handle them all that well. Stefan Banks yeah. showed up, dominated the Elks in the Labor Day rematch. He had seven tackles, three sacks on the day. <laughs> I I think the Ticats offensive line is going to have their hands full. Yes. And I mean, they've been moving guys around, and there's guys playing a little bit out of position or you know, on, the, on the opposite side, and it, it just hasn't gone overly well. Uh, they've had they've had some games where they've been able to protect the quarterback, but I mean this this Calgary defensive line. It's not Winnipeg, but they can still wreak a lot of havoc. I wonder if the Ticats are even going to bother with the rushing game in uh, <laughs> in, well, in this Sean matchup. Sean Thomas did, didn't practice Tuesday. Yeah, the <laughs> so, like like were they going to throw Don Jackson in there or Jackson Ben like? Nobody knows what's going on with that running back situation in Hamilton. It's almost like we're going back to the Kent Austin era. And I call it an era, but, I mean, it was, what, four years ago? I can't imagine picking any of those guys, to be honest. They they really just haven't shown consistency. It just kind of seems like a waste of money. (laughs) Yeah, and, I mean, Sean Thomas Erlington's career average is 7.6 points per game, and then against Calgary, average is 6. But, like we said, yeah, that that defensive line can put pressure on a quarterback. Well, they can stop the run too. They disrupt a lot on that in in on that in that line play. So I mean, yeah, and just the way Hamilton's offense right now is is going, it's just so pass heavy that uh trying to establish a run just hasn't happened. I'm looking to see uh consistency from Bo Levi Mitchell on the Calgary Stampeders mm-hmm. side. Um he comes back from injury against Edmonton in the first half, still didn't look right. I don't know if it was him testing out the leg, being a little bit nervous, not having the timing down with his receivers. 
But in the second half, he just threw to Kamar Jordan every play. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> Which is remarkable because a short time ago, Kamar Jordan blew up his knee. He's been back mm-hmm. performing to uh, his his ability. Seems like there's nothing wrong yeah. with with that knee. And I want to see if they can start to figure out Markeith Ambles here. Tie against Edmonton, 17 targets, five catches. Yep. Yeah, a little not not the best game when you're looking at your catch percentage. Uh, he needs to figure something out. Maybe him and Bo just need to get on the same page a little more. Uh, with the time Bo has missed and the year off, that definitely doesn't help. Uh, I mean, nobody's going to be Kamar Jordan in that offense other than Kamar Jordan. Just you know, the sure hands, big target. Uh, just I, I think I think on any play, I don't think it matters who the play is designed for. I think. Bo's first thought is Kamar right now, um, yeah, or so it seems. Uh, but yeah, Marquise Ambles, I mean, seventeen targets. I can't believe that the guy only has five catches and they keep going to him. That that's what <laughs> that's what amazed me. Like, yeah, yeah. With that catch percentage, you keep going to him. I mean, sure, he is the other guy in that receiving core that Bo has the most experience with. Uh, you know, with with Hergie Mayala kind of in and out, but I mean, Kamar, Kamar Jordan is going to get doubled and he still makes the plays. So, I mean, 15.4 in his career, 12.8 against Hamilton, pretty decent average, maybe overpriced a little bit at that for those points. But I mean, two touchdowns totally, if he can get two touchdowns, it totally changes uh, the outlook of his fantasy production. And to be fair, the Calgary Stampeders also dealing with injury issues at the moment. A defensive back, Jonathan Moxie, did not practice on Tuesday. Neither did Josh Huff or Herji Mayala. It mm-hmm. appears that uh, they're pretty confident that Moxie and Huff will be able to play. Mayala doesn't seem like he will. He's got a quad injury, and uh, it was Tyson Middlemost practicing in his spot on Tuesday, maybe <laughs> it's going to be Ambles and Jordan getting another 25 targets or whatever it is in this one. Very well could be. Um, that being said, I, I, I don't see that being a bad thing for this Calgary offense. They still have Kadeem Carey out of the backfield when, when healthy. I mean, he's he, he, can, he can carry the workload uh, if they're going to use him is the other issue. And, yeah. you know, Kamar, if you're going to throw to Kamar Jordan and Markeith Hamble 25 times and Markeith isn't going to drop 12 of them, then you're looking at a pretty decent day. By the way, if I do go directly to betregal.ca, the stamps are still listed, two and a half point dogs. So, uh, oh, that, yeah, yesterday on the TSM website, they had it at 0. 0.5. Yeah, by the time you hear this, it'll probably have changed again. <laughs> yeah, the, fa- the fact that the stamps are underdogs with the Dane Evans news was just astounding to me. Yeah, I I agree with you there. All right, second half of the Friday Night Football doubleheader, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and I found this generous tie, three-and-a-half-point favorites over the Toronto Argonauts, 43-and-a-half points set at the over-under. What what are you thinking on that line? Um, That you should probably jump on the Argos. (laughs) Actually, I find every matchup this week, Pretty intriguing 
Now, Winnipeg and Edmonton, maybe the most lopsided one, considering how Edmonton has performed mm-hmm. at Commonwealth Stadium this year. But I do believe they have the talent to to compete. But the other three games this week, they could go either way. The Argos have not won in Regina since 2016. So they have not won at New Mosaic Stadium yet, but we got to talk about the elephant in the room. Your boy, Chris Jones, rumored to be back with the Toronto Argonauts. I, I think as of right now, the Argos haven't made a official announcement, but it does seem like maybe this is one of those things where it's the worst kept secret in the CFL because if he's coming north, he's still got to do his quarantine and everything like that. Mm -hmm. But it appears that he has resigned from his job at the... Those kids in Tennessee, at that Tennessee high school, are the luckiest kids in the world. (laughs) Man, from what I see, they had three games postponed due to COVID, and then uh, they had the one win. So they're 1-0 with Chris Jones as their their head coach. But something going on in the Toronto front or coaching staff here with defensive Mm -hmm. coordinator Glenn Young disappearing, they're saying, due to personal reasons uh you can only assume mlse's vaccine mandate coming into effect and you don't want to Mm -hmm. assume but at least it does seem to be virus related that they're not with the team right now and maybe chris jones is coming in to fill some void in the defensive coaching staff no, don't like as a defense if he's going to be the defensive coordinator or or, you know a position coach on that defensive side of the ball i'm I think that's great for Toronto. They've got the bodies there. They've got the talent. Uh, and he is a good defensive coach. Does this kind of reek of if Ryan Dinwiddie doesn't, you know, in a year? Maybe, it depends on Chris Jones' contract too, I guess. But, you know, middle of next year, if they're, you know, middling and they're only got three wins, they're 3-8, they're and eight, is he just a coach in waiting? Jones worked with John Murphy before. They're familiar with each mm-hmm. other. I, I, I don't think they would do that to Dinwiddie this early on in his coaching tenure, but who knows what's going on in that front office. Yeah, it was uh, Josh Bell also taking a personal leave with that Argos coaching staff. I also find it fishy that he would leave a high school job to just take on a coordinator or position coach job. That or doesn't... a consultant spot or whatever they're yeah. saying. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. So maybe this whole it. situation has me wondering how the defense is going to perform in Regina. Obviously, there's a lot of talent on the, the Toronto defense. It does seem that Rich Stubler will be calling the game against the Riders. He's been around the CFL for 60 years, so that's not... Uh, uh, Travis! Okay, okay, let's look at this. I am. I don't even really think I'm exaggerating. It's got to be in the 50s, no? It's got to be... It's got to be high, high 40s at least. <laughs> okay, he was born in 1949, so 60 years is definitely a... Uh, <laughs> an exaggeration but his coaching career started with Roaring Fork High School in 1971 he made his debut in the CFL in 1983 with the Hamilton Tiger Cats so he's definitely familiar with the Canadian Football League tie 
<laughs> so just 37, 38 years. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Wow. That's, yeah, that's impressive. <laughs> the Argos have also signed Patrick Lavoie, the fullback there. This, this really intrigues me because you've seen the way that Toronto's been able to run the ball. They're running mm-hmm. all over the place. There's all sorts of misdirection. There's DJ Foster. John White has looked good. And then they got Declan Cross that can throw blocks. And if they got mm-hmm. Patrick Lavoie that can throw blocks, I don't think they're going to need to mm-hmm. pass. Well, not not only, like, yeah, they're going to block, but they can also pass block. Yeah, and when you they have can. the likes of Eric Rogers, the Varsdales, and Ricky Collins Jr., uh, in your receiving core, and you can give Nick Arbuckle a couple extra seconds or an extra second, that's a game changer. Now, when we talk injuries, Saskatchewan is dealing with a lot right now. And to some pretty important players. Yeah, that's it. They're, they're starters. They're not just depth guys. Yep. So there's, there's a lot of tests yep. happening for Saskatchewan right now. Now, on Tuesday, Cody Fajardo was seen working with the starters. But limited. It did seem that Isaac Harker was getting most of the reps at practice. We'll see how he is for Friday. It is a short week coming off the banjo bowl tie. A little bit of a short week, you know. He leaves the game with a concussion. That's been confirmed. We're not. We're not assuming. Um, mm-hmm. For him to be practicing already leads me to believe that you know. I shouldn't say it wasn't serious. It wasn't as bad as, you know, some other concussions or some other injuries that we've seen. So that's somewhat of a good sign. I'm just hoping they're not rushing him back. Yeah, uh, yeah. At the same time, I fully understand if they are rushing him back because you do not want Calgary to catch you. Man, this West is... <laughs> it's not great other than Winnipeg. Like, I mean... Yeah. People people bitching and moaning about Saskatchewan dropping that far in the power rankings. Like, well, yeah, that makes complete and utter total sense. Uh, but everybody else is just that mushy middle and then Calgary at the bottom. Right. I mean, Calgary's not out of it. They're still the best coach team or at least the top yeah. two or three in the CFL. And sometimes yeah. that will that will even out at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I mean... They they string two or three wins together in Saskatchewan here on a two game losing streak, possibly could be three this week. I mean that that's totally different. It's a totally different look in West Division. So safety Mike Adam ended up leaving the Banjo Bowl holding his wrist. Well, he was seen uh, at practice mm-hmm. with a cast on his arm. Probably going to be out. Ed Ganey was not at practice again on Tuesday. Purifoy was. Now, Eli Buka drafted in 2016 for the Riders. I know uh, a lot of Rider fans uh, have hopes that he'd be able to start for the team, get a Canadian in the secondary would be good for them, good for the ratio. I'm I'm wondering if the Argos are going to... Yeah, I'm I'm wondering if the Argos are going to try to test him a little bit there and go deep Mm -hmm. on the Riders pretty early. I I think you have to if you're Toronto. Uh, You know, that secondary banged up. Uh, you got the likes of, you know, Adam and, and Ganey out right now. I mean, it just kind of opens the door for, for somebody like Eric Rogers. Like I said, Eric Rogers, Tavares, Santos, Ricky Collins Jr. right now. I mean, you look at Edmonton with those names, maybe. I, I, I just, I don't see 
like especially get in the red zone is there a better target than eric rogers right now <laughs> i don't know i don't think so and and I, I really feel like Toronto's gonna be able to move the ball on this defense because they're so banged up. The Rough Riders have given up ten completions of thirty yards or more. Yeah. That is the second most in the CFL. Uh, the Red Blacks, Ottawa. the Stamps, have given yeah. up eleven, and uh, Toronto's Weird. actually also given up ten as well. Well, I mean, may- maybe they didn't get better releasing Alden Darby. <laughs> okay. That that's something to mention because the Argos trade Alden Darby to the Bombers for an offensive lineman trade, Terry guess, Poole, yes. and Darby's been starting for Winnipeg. Poole just got released. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so of course he's that. not going to look great against Eric Rogers. Like, what were you expecting? <laughs> <laughs> now the the rider defense taking more hits. It, it seems that Garrett Moreno on the defensive line won't be able to play. He, he's got a knee injury. AJ mm-hmm. Hendy probably will be able to get in. AC Leonard obviously not going to play. The two game suspension one remaining for not supplying the the sample. It looks guilty. I'm so <laughs> he'd rather just uh, go home for two games. I guess <laughs> can't can't prove it. <laughs> but yeah, he probably would have failed. It it does appear that receiver Jordan Williams Lambert will also miss this game with a wrist injury for Saskatchewan. I, I wonder if that opens up a spot again for Keen Schaefer Baker, who might be my twenty five hundred dollar yeah. player of the week. And he's got nine point two points per game in the games that he's gotten in and played in the offense. Uh, you know, and, and they need these guys to come in and fill holes right now. You got Shaq Evans out. Jordan Williams, Lambert, probably going to miss this game. They need guys to step up and take spots. And it all, and, and especially fantasy-wise, at 2500 bucks, if he puts up you know, 9, 10, 11 points, you're laughing. It's rough, actually, in the Rough Rider receiving core as far as depth it's, goes. It's not great. It is not great. It is the shallow end of the pool. <laughs> they need to get... Uh... Evans back. I guess the walking boot has come off already. So Ryder fans will be excited to see that one. And uh, Charleston Hughes returning to practice for Toronto. It it appears that he's been limited and he did play a bit of a coaching role in uh, their last game against Hamilton. And if the D-line performs like that against Saskatchewan... Maybe they're going to want to keep him mm-hmm. as a coach. <laughs> yeah, that, that could be a possibility. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, they, they want him on the field. As for Keen Schaefer Baker goes, he had seven catches for 73 yards against Winnipeg. So mm-hmm. uh, if he's at that boundary wide receiver spot again, it's an important part in the offense. And the, the Rough Riders like to look that way. Maybe there's going to be some production for him against Toronto. At Mosaic Stadium. All right, betregal.ca telling me that the Alouettes are one-and-a-half-point dogs against the BC Lions. This is an intriguing game. The over-under set at 49-and-a-half right now. BC has won four of their last five trips to Montreal, starting with the Alouettes, where Kahari Jones has tested positive for COVID-19, so he's not going to be on the sideline for the Owls. 
I'm wondering how this is going to affect that team. He's just their emotional leader on the sidelines right now. He was away from the team. I think he went home to Vancouver for the bye week, picked it up. Who knows if it was on the flight or whatever. But uh, assistant head coach and running back coach Andre Boldu will coach the team on Saturday. They're wanting to see if maybe he can – called plays virtually uh, it is possible but uh, i think they're gonna miss I don't his think presence it's allowed oh okay okay because like we saw that uh labor day lane kiffin was not with the team he could talk to and this was an ncaa he could talk to the team and everything prior to the game uh right but once they took the field he there was no communication including halftime i believe Okay, okay. I'm uh, I'm w- wondering if they're going to miss his uh, presence on the sideline. Uh, I think I I think throughout the week, you know, you yeah. have virtual meetings and everything, but it's just not the same. It, it it I mean, it's really hard to to pay attention. Like I don't know how kids did it for an entire year in school with virtuals. Like it must have sucked. I couldn't um, do it in person. No, it was the worst. Um, obviously that's why I'm working 13 hours from home as a schlub and hating life, but probably should have paid attention. Uh, but you know, when you have your head coach and like you said, emotional leader on the sideline, like he wears his emotions on his sleeve. The guys seem to want to, the guys seem to be willing to run through a wall Yeah, for Kahari. Uh, I I think this team takes on a totally different look. It kind of, it totally disrupts their game prep. Uh, this week, and I think it, I think it's going to be a huge deal for the Alouettes. It does appear that the bye week was good for the Alouettes. They were able to get healthy here, mm-hmm. and I, I think this is a big game for BC and a big opportunity for them. It, it kind of seems like people are just kind of forgetting about them when it comes to the West standings, but yeah. right away here, they're going to fit right into that conversation at competing for a home playoff game. Yeah, and I mean, at the start of the year, it was kind of like, well, we got to wait and see. Like we knew about Riley's elbow, uh, but then you look at that receiving core with Brian Burnham, Lucky Whitehead, Lamar Durant, Dominique Rhymes. Like these are guys that can put up numbers. And now that Riley is, you know, what do we call it, seventy-five, eighty percent? I don't, I don't think he's at a hundred. I mean, he's been limited in practice every week. Uh, yeah, they were right worried elbow, but... about him in warm-up uh, last week, too. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, these are guys that put up numbers. They have Michael Riley at quarterback, who is starting to look like Mike Riley. And <laughs> they're putting up points. They're putting up points. They're moving the ball down the field. Uh, yeah, I know it was Ottawa last week, but still. Uh, you know, it, it It's not that easy to score points in, in this league. So, uh, you know, them being ahead of... Saskatchewan, the power rankings, everybody bitching about it. It's like, well, you know, it makes a lot more sense Saskatchewan being two or three. As long as Lucky Whitehead keeps wearing that multicolor hat with, like, the propeller on top. (laughs) And riding that bike. Yeah. (laughs) I got to see more of that. And it, it, it seems like more guys keep appearing and contributing in the offense for mm-hmm. BC. Keon Hatcher had a touchdown last game. It, yep. it was a CFL debut. And we've seen it with Riley before. If he's going, 
and they're able to protect him, he's going to get all of these receivers going. They're all going to get yep. their fill. <laughs> they're all going to get fed. The li- the list in the CFL like Bo Levi Mitchell, Michael Riley. Uh, you could you could throw Dane Evans in there now. Uh, Zach Loris to a point. I mean, he's he's put up numbers this year, which has been astounding considering what we thought their offense was going to be. But you know, there's a small group of guys. If you give time, their entire offense just totally changes. And that that can be said for any quarterback. But I mean, those four mm-hmm. especially. Like it's 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 night and day, and like you said, Michael Riley gets everybody involved. He spreads the ball out. Uh, like Keon Hatcher, I I I would be astonished if anybody put him in their lineup last week. Like, like guys like that, kind of coming out of nowhere and getting points. Like I mean, that's what Michael Riley can do with an offense. Since Javon Katoy has gotten into the lineup, to be fair, both games were against the uh, Ottawa Red Blacks. Nine catches, 162 yards, and two touchdowns. All I hear is that they're undefeated with Javon Katoy in the lineup. <laughs> yeah, we haven't seen Lamar Durant at practice yet. He's going to keep being able to get into the lineup and making his case. Yep. And that big receiver, I, I love watching this guy play. Especially, mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it doesn't seem fair when he ends one-on-one with a quarterback in the open field trying to tackle this guy, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't seem like a good situation for the DB. No, not not a situation I want to be in. Uh, he's averaging <laughs> 6.8 through his career, 4.5 against Montreal. Uh, not not gaudy numbers, but you know he's if he's going to be consistently part of this offense, those 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 numbers are going to go up. The Montreal Alouette defense has been given up a 106 yards a game on the ground. Can the Lions get Shaquille Cooper going in this one? There have been moments where they've had to back him up and recover some of his fumbles, but he does present a pretty good value on CFL Fantasy. He's just over $5,000. He did have nine carries for 41 yards last week. We would like to see him get more involved in the receiving game and maybe getting mm-hmm. some more uh, balls closer to the goal line. But, of course, that is Michael Riley territory. Yes. Uh, with, with Shaq Cooper, I mean, James Butler, full practice on Tuesday. He's coming back healthy. Don't know if he's going to get in. But, I mean, the, the running back situation gets a little crowded. You still have Chris Rainey there, too. I mean, return game, kind of be somewhat of a scat back. I, I just don't see somebody being, you know, the bell cow for for this offense out of the backfield right now. Nobody's nobody stepped up and taken that spot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and been consistent. My uh, PVR is set for this game. I cannot wait to watch it. And part of the reason my PVR is set is because I'll be heading to Edmonton to watch uh, Swaggerville 2.0. Head to Commonwealth yep. Stadium. <laughs> and Elizondo so right. will be the first coach in Elks history to go 0-4 at home. <laughs> the Elks, eight-and-a-half-point underdogs. Some teams had a very home-heavy schedule to start the season, and it has yep. not benefited Edmonton at all. 0-3, just... I don't understand how you can perform the way you did on Labor Day at McMahon Stadium and then perform like that in the rematch. 
They just yeah. haven't looked good when, there for some reason. When the riders performed like they did in the Boundary Bowl, that was expected. Right. <laughs> the, Edmonton was Jekyll and Hyde, Labor Day mm-hmm. in the rematch. It, it mm-hmm. was not good. Tra- Trevor Harris did not look like the Trevor Harris we saw Labor Day. Nobody got anything going, really. It was just... It's it's not a good look, and I just don't see that improving against the Bombers. Derek Moncrief is set to make his debut at Sam Linebacker for the Elks. Their mm-hmm. defense isn't the issue. The defense no. keeps them going in in every game. Um, yeah. But it, it's, it's just a matter of can the offense stay on the field because they're just not doing that right now. This is a remarkable stat. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers defense is allowing 5.6 yards a carry. That is the worst mark in the CFL. It does appear that, and Toronto proved it, that you can run against the Bombers. Even Saskatchewan was doing it with William Powell in the Banjo Bowl until the Bombers pulled away. Yep. J- James Wilder Jr. should be <laughs> being fed that rock quite a bit on Saturday. Yeah, averaging 14.7 in his 16.7 against Winnipeg. That is astonishing considering who Winnipeg had on that defensive line when James Wilder was, you know, getting the bulk of his carries with the Argos. Right, right. They, they had Jeff Coat, uh, Jefferson, and Drake Nevitt. Like, uh, the fact he puts up those numbers is astonishing. He, does he not still have a? He still doesn't have a rushing touchdown, if I recall correctly. Yeah, which is how does that happen? <laughs> right, and he's at the top of the league, and right, like, what is happening with this offense? The Edmonton offense, the fact they're not performing makes no sense. You have the leading rusher in the league, James Wilder Jr. You have arguably the best receiving core with Darrell Walker, Greg Gallinson, Tavon Smith has been uh, getting into the lineup. You know, Mike Jones has been getting a lot of looks. Uh, Ernest Edwards and Jalen Tolliver come in uh, to fill in some spots there in Labor Day in the rematch. It just it doesn't make any sense how this offense isn't finishing drives, how they're not scoring points. Like it, it's this is mind boggling. It is worth noting that Kwaku Boateng did not practice on Tuesday for Edmonton. Other than that, they are actually looking pretty healthy as far as mm-hmm. Winnipeg goes. That's going to be a situation that uh, oh. fantasy players are going to need to watch. Here's the deal. they uh, O'Shea does give his vets practice off, but... But it doesn't say that. It just says what their injury is and then says do not did not practice. So maybe these are more, more serious. Yeah. Andrew Harris, Darvin Adams, Nick Dembski... All didn't practice on Tuesday, and they're all players that have missed games this season. Mm-hmm. So those are situations to watch, but also... And, and Rashid Bailey was limited. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe Kyrie Wilson finally gets into a game this year. Mm-hmm. Drew Wolitarski didn't practice. Defensive lineman Steven Richardson, Jake Thomas, Jackson Jeffcoat. <laughs> I don't think all these players are going to miss. They were in two very no. physical games against the Rough Riders on Labor Day and the Banjo Bowl. Maybe O'Shea's just giving these guys some vet days a little bit, and clearly those vet days do work for Winnipeg. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to argue with the system. I don't think that's even up for debate. <laughs> they are situations no. to watch, yeah. If if Adams, Dembski, and Bailey can't go, I mean that bodes well for Kenny Lawler, does it not? 
It does. And as it is, <laughs> he's been seeing a ton of targets. Yeah. Uh, he might Zach Claros might throw the ball twenty five times and Kenny Lawler will be targeted thirty of them if if these guys don't go. <laughs> Picking Zach Claros, I don't know if I can do it in this game. The no, Elks not. have averaged two hundred and two point eight yard passing yards given up a game. That is the best pass defense in the CFL yep. as of right now. But that's not the problem with Caleros. The problem is once they get to the goal line and then the backup quarterback, Sean McGuire, comes in. And he's only $5,000 this week. Are you picking him? He was in my original lineup, yes. <laughs> I, I played with that idea as well. It, 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 it might... It might be something to watch. Now, last week I was pretty rattled because I had Kalaros and Harris. And I guess I should have saw it coming. I was like, well, yeah. may maybe they'll give at least one of these balls to Andrew Harris. But no, like if they're, you know, at the three-yard line. Why, why let Harris get touchdowns so that he can make more money next year? Come on. <laughs> Sean McGuire, five rushing touchdowns in the last two weeks. He's got eight carries for eight yards. <laughs> yeah. I like those I like those averages. <laughs> yeah, when you're he's, uh, he's, carrying he's the ball. Do we start calling him touchdown Sean? Maybe. Sorry, Jake, but <laughs> Yeah, sorry, Mr. Winnicky. Sean McGuire's got that uh Yep. that now and he's also got one pass completion on one attempt for 50 yards so. 50 yards just a perfect passer <laughs> rating not a big deal <laughs> now winnipeg I i'm not exactly sure if they want this game to be close because of the issues they've been having at kicker yeah they need to start figuring <laughs> that out <laughs> so uh they have had a new kicker practicing this week Ali Mortada is his name and by the way his Twitter handle tie Hakuna Mortada yep give him MOP right now <laughs> uh, this is going to be a physical game it's going to be a physical battle it's all about whether the Elks are going to show up at Commonwealth Stadium. Mm. Like, I don't know. Does Elizondo have to put him in a hotel and say, okay, <laughs> you know, we've seen hockey teams do this in the playoffs. Even if they're at home, yep. they, they put him up in the hotel and treat it like it's a road game because they've just been playing better on the road for some reason. Edmonton's got to figure something out. Yeah, put him, put him at the uh, the Sutton place where, you know, during the bubble, the AC quit. Put him in there. <laughs> All right, Ty. Uh, the Canadian Football Podcast Network Fantasy Challenge this week. I had a big win against Andrew from the Turf District. Two and four. I'm and he up still against... came on the show. Yeah, he did. Props to him. Uh, now, yeah. I'm up against Rod from the Wood Cookie Sawcast this week. He's 3-3, three and three, so I'm going to have an opportunity to move up in the standings here. What's your uh, fantasy roster looking like at this point in time? Uh, Michael Riley, DJ Foster, Andrew Harris. I mean, I'm waiting for depth charts, basically. That could yeah, change yeah. to James Wilder Jr. in a hurry. Uh, Rashid Bailey, because he's the only healthy receiver, it seems right now, that I could afford. 
in Winnipeg. Uh, Javon Katoy, Curly Gittins Jr. at twenty five hundred bucks, and the Argos defense with six hundred and eight dollars left over. I really like your lineup right now. I'm looking at uh, quarterback Nick Arbuckle, and the only reason I'm I, looking I, at him is because he's going to throw six touchdowns. <laughs> I got Kadeem Carey and Shaq Cooper as my running backs. Ricky Collins Jr., Javon Katoy as my receivers, Tim White as my flex, and that Calgary Stampeders defense has my defense. I just see the defensive line in Calgary having six or seven sacks. (laughs) That's just so much money for a defense. It is. It is. That isn't playing Ottawa. <laughs> hey, I spent a lot on uh, Winnipeg last week, and they had double digits. If the stamps get double digits, that is also I'll be fair. That I'll is, be all right. I only fair. had fifty three bucks left over, and I'm also going to be watching the Ricky Collins Jr. situation. He took a knee a few times last week against Hamilton. Mm-hmm. His knee is clearly still bothering him, but Nick Arbuckle likes to go that way. He had eight catches against the Ticats in week three he had five catches against the Bombers. If he's going to have five, six catches or whatever, he'll uh, produce in his return to Mosaic yeah. Stadium. Who are you picking to win the games? Because you're the same as me, it looks like right now, all road teams? Road, road sweep. I don't like stamps going against that Hamilton I guess we call it an offense right now with David Watford. Doesn't bother me. Argos should beat up on the Riders the way everything's going. The Lions, I just don't see them losing this game. And the Bombers, I mean, the way Edmonton has played at home and played last week, it just just makes sense. Well, here's the question. Are you uh, with Winnipeg minus 8.5 or no? Yes. Wow. <laughs> well, Sean McGuire is going to score three touchdowns again. <laughs> and Edmonton can't. Fi- I don't understand how it's been thirty years and Edmonton can't finish a drive. Thirty years. <laughs> hey, the over under is at thirty eight and a half for that one too. Where you leaning there? Oh man, I want to say fair over line. I f- like it's that's that's just begging for people to take the under. It is. It is. <laughs> we got some good games. Week 7 coming up here. And with it being double headers Friday and Saturday, I'm going to get to watch a lot of them, which should be fun. Like, All right. Living, All right. I don't know how people live in the Pacific time zone and watch sports. It's the worst. It has to be. It is the Jays game starting at 4.05 on a work. Like, what? <laughs> Mountain is the best time zone when it comes to it's, sports it's not viewing. Even close, yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's not even close. This episode of Tune Out is brought to you by Yag Podfest, presented by the Edmonton Community Foundation in partnership with the Alberta Podcast Network and LitFest, Canada's nonfiction festival. Running October 1st through the 3rd, Yag Podfest will be held online this year, so anyone can tune in to experience it. Events include master classes with professional podcasters, we are not professionals. Panel discussions, feature interviews, well, and more. <laughs> Some of APN's member shows will be there too. So join us for the virtual party from October 1st through 3rd. To check out the full lineup and to get tickets, head to Yag Podfest. 
podfest.ca. That's Y-E-G podfest.ca. When you first said when you first said that, I thought you said YAG. And I was like, ooh, this sounds interesting. I did say YAG. No, no, but like J-A-G. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, oh, party time. Oh. <laughs> Why did I not know that? <laughs> I, man, I've only been in camp two days and I am ready to go. <laughs> I'm Travis Curra with Brazilian Thai. Enjoy week seven. Throw us a rating and a subscription wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll talk to you on Monday. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.